Thanks, guys. Good morning, everyone. As much as there were some advantages to during uh, 2020 to being at home on the couch, relaxed, coffee in hand, having church together online, um, I just really enjoy the the being togetherness and the the worship of God together, being in the in the same place. It's uh, it's just something unique. It's special. It's um, it's necessary. Last week I spoke of the the personal nature of the of, of Psalm 23, and David, uh, a shepherd boy, uh, knew very well the analogy uh, of the shepherd and the sheep, and how that relates to uh, to himself and, and and the Lord and his relationship. We 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 also learned that Pat is very much like sheep. <laughs> no, no, we actually spoke about how, how spiritually we are all like sheep. We, we wander easily. We, we, we don't have the, the capabilities to be able to make our own way back to the Lord. We get distracted. We are timid at times. We are in complete dependence upon the Lord as sheep are in complete dependence upon the shepherd. And as David considers the Lord and his relationship with him, nearing the end of his life, reflecting on where he has been and his experiences, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He brings comfort, peace. He leads, he restores, he guides I don't want to uh, pit male against female. There's enough of that going on in our society. But I, I came across a survey um, about about uh, about directions and uh, and male drivers and our our stubbornness to actually ask for directions. It said that we, on average, the the male driver travels an extra 400 kilometres a year because of their lack of wanting to ask for directions. Can you believe that? <laughs> And like nearly 25% of those people are, will drive for half an hour in the wrong way before they'll actually stop and ask. And uh, the survey also stated 75% of women would ask for directions straight away. Mm, something to ponder. Whether you agree with uh, this survey or not, I think what we can agree with is that as as followers of Jesus, we are all needing the guidance and leading of our Lord. Whether you've been a Christian for a day or a month or a week or 70 years, we are all needing guidance and direction from our Lord. You see, what we, what is coming is, is, is all new to us. It's all a surprise to us. This time last year, we, we, we got this inkling of this virus, but it was all new, wasn't it, when it hit in sort of March and things that we knew nothing about, the Lord knew all about. The obstacles and hurdles that are coming are going to hit us at times with absolute shock and surprise, but the Lord knows exactly what's happening next. I, I shared a quote from Philip Keller last week and uh, he's a, a shepherd uh, sheep farmer from 
Africa and North America who turned pastor and, and author. And he said this of the sheep, a sheep farmer, uh, sorry, sheep uh, notorious creatures of habit. If left to themselves, they'll follow the same trails until they become ruts. They'll graze the same hills until they turn to desert wastes. They'll pollute their own ground until it is corrupt with disease and parasites. The greatest single safeguard which a shepherd has in handling his flock is to keep them on the move. That is to say, they dare not be left on the same ground for too long. Uh, I, I sort of really am excited about this psalm and I've been enjoying the study. And, and verse 4 to me is just so so rich with teaching and promises and, and comfort. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to get to that. I do apologise that today we are not going to get to verse 5 and 6 and perhaps we get to that another time. But back to verse 3, we ended last week with he restores my soul and we were looking at it, the lying down in green pastures and the leading beside quiet waters and he restores my soul and the rest of that verse says he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The Hebrew word for righteousness means to be straight, literally means straight or, or true. You see, paths of righteousness are not, a, not, not referencing a spiritual euphoria or a miraculous spiritual experiences. The paths of righteousness are referencing every believer and, and speaks to the truth and the commandments that we have in the word of God. And as a believer, there lies a responsibility on, on us to be reading the Bible, to, to know the paths of righteousness, to know the way that God wants us to live, to know the way that God has planned and purposed the Christian life for us and the way that he will carry that through us, make it happen. The psalmist in Psalm 119 says a number of things about this and I've picked out a few. It says, Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Your word is lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I think in our culture, especially in the spiritual context, well, probably in every context, the, the words law and, and commandments and uh, are words that people don't really tend to like too much. A bit restrictive. We like our freedoms. Often it can be used in a real negative connotation in churches where there is legalism and salvation plus works and you have to follow these rules to be part of this. And that's not right. But our attitude can also be that these commandments are not really for us. They're a bit restrictive, they're a bit too much, a bit onerous. I want to enjoy the things that I think we need. I can skip this one and this one and pick out that one. And Charles Spurgeon said, The Christian is not obedient to some commandments and neglectful of others, 
We must not pick and choose, but we yield to all. Or we should yield to all. You see, God's word is shows us the way that we should live, how we live that life and how God lives that it lives his life through us and the, the life of Christ through us and that it is all for his glory. When we neglect God's word, when we put it on the shelf, neglect it, ignore it and don't go near it, when we neglect it, we neglect the life God has for us. When we neglect his word, we neglect the plan that God has for our lives. And these rules and the commandments that we find in the word of God for us to, as, as Christians for our life is, is not that he wants us to be miserable and restricted. But this is the life that he has for his people, his sheep. It's a life that he has promised and he wants us to know it and experience it. He has planned and purpose for this life. A life that is changed, transformed, a righteous life. To be guided in paths of righteousness is to know the word of God and know the commandments of God and the way God wants you to live and experience his Holy Spirit in our life changing us the way that we think and behave. Maybe this morning you're looking for a starting point. What does that look like on Monday morning? What commandment am I going to turn to and obey? I think a best starting point, of course, is Matthew 22 and Pharisees tried to trip Jesus up. What's the greatest commandment? Is it to pray? Is it to be resting on the Sabbath? And the Lord said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind. With all that you have, love the Lord. Love thy neighbour as yourself. And you see, you take that attitude into a Monday morning and the, and the family relational issues that you're dealing with. Or you take that attitude into a Monday morning and the, the work colleagues that are really difficult to relate to or forgive or love. Or the anger issues that you have or the lack of empathy that you have towards people and people's situations. You take this attitude into your week, into your day and a surrendered life to the Lord that seeks to obey his commands will result in a huge change in the way that you live. Guided by God. Guided by God from his word in paths of righteousness, in ways of living straight, of ways of living right. And Jesus said in Matthew 5 that people see your good deeds and praise the Father, give glory to God. Living right is is not for our praise, for our glory, but for his, for his name's sake. And in verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Uh, the, the imagery for these first few verses of peace and, uh, and stillness 
and comfort and they seem to have uh, dissipated now and, and, and we've hit this transition of darkness and this valley. Difficult times seem to be lying ahead. And while for me reading and maybe for you the transition seems a bit odd like we're, we're just in these green pastures and this beautiful still waters and this guiding restoration. But as a shepherd would know and as David would know and we mentioned before that the sheep don't stay in one spot for so long. It's common that the sheep as we said, would need to go and find new pastures, would have to be on the move. And in, especially in the Middle East, back in this time, you, you would commonly need to go through a valley to find the new pastures, the new waters. So this transition was not so strange for David, who knew of the cycle for a shepherd and the sheep. And I'm sure as he thought about that cycle and that analogy, it was so real for him in his life as well as he reflected on where he had been and the experiences that he'd had with the Lord. And he recognised the pastures and the waters, but he also knew of the valleys, of the difficult times. The characteristics of a, of a valley, as I think about it, it seems to be a a place where there is darkness, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit, uh, for what, whatever word, not dark, but it's, a, it's a, you know, the shadows are casting over of the hills around you and it's faded, the light's faded. And there's a real certain sort of expectation that this is where danger can lie. As a shepherd will take their sheep, the boulders and the long grass through the valley, was often where the predators would wait to attack the sheep. And our first instincts as humans, as well as the sheep, would be fear. The valley, we often will realise, is a place where we feel worry and anxiety and uncertainty and threatened and I know in my life I have been there and I've experienced that and maybe today that is real for you in your circumstances. But I want to bring out four points about what we can learn about the valleys of life this morning. The first one is that God guides and leads. The paths of righteousness that we just spoke about that God guides us through are, are about provision and peace and protection. But it doesn't say here we've taken a wrong turn or this is a, a new path that God didn't know about. This path is actually God knew all about and he is still guiding as we go through the valley. It's said that as sheep approach the valley, if the shepherd is on the side or amongst or at the back, the, the sheep at the front will just stop. They won't continue on. They won't continue on until the shepherd comes to the front and leads through. 
gives them the confidence to know that he's there and he can see what's coming. He can beat off the predators. He can guide them and lead them. What a comfort as we think about the valleys in our life to know that the Lord leads us. The Lord is not uncertain of what's to come. He hasn't missed a beat. We're not taking a wrong turn. But he's he's leading the way. He's guiding us and he goes before us. And he knows what is coming. Secondly, we walk through the valley. You notice that? It doesn't say that we are stopping in the valley. He says, even though I walk through the valley. The valley is not a place where we take up residence. The valley is not a place which is a dead end. The valley is not mentioned as a place where we are trapped and we're stuck there forever. But it has an ending. We're walking through the valley, it says. As the sheep, as a shepherd would lead his sheep through a valley and out to the other side, it would open up to where the new pastures would be. And we can often have an attitude of, uh, of wanting to live around the difficult circumstances of life. No one enjoys difficult times. But we often want to take this attitude of being above the circumstances or going around, you know, we don't want to deal with difficult times. But the reality is we need to, we will. And when we do that, we also need to cling to the promise that this is not a forever moment. This is a a season, it's a time, it's a valley that God is leading us through and we're walking through it. And what is to come is not a dead end, but what is to come is another green pasture, another place of peace and comfort. And it might be a month, it might be a year, I'm not guaranteeing any timeline here, but can guarantee that the valley is not a place of residency, it's not a place where we are stuck, God is leading, God is guiding And the third point I want to point out is the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow of death. The valley is not death itself, spoken of the shadow of death. The valley is not seen as the final steps. It's not seen as the the end result. And as I read about and thought about the shadow of death, I, I really thought it implied two things. One is that death itself is not actually the ending. Anyway, not just the shadow of death, death death itself is not the ending. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says that death has no sting. The power of death is sin, but the victory is in Jesus. He's paid the price for our sins. Worthy is the Lamb. It's my thoughts this morning. 
death itself is not the ending, but secondly, it actually speaks of a shadow of death. This isn't the valley of death, it's the valley of the shadow of death. Quite often death paints this darkness, a darkness picture, and As it's been well documented and said, you know, darkness doesn't actually exist. It's just an absence of light. And we think of death as this evil image and death is darkness. And it's talking about a shadow and a shadow implies that there is light. You can't have a shadow in complete darkness. A shadow implies that there is light present. And while there may be a presence or a feeling of death or evil, what I gather from this passage is that there is a greater presence in the valley and that is the presence of our Lord Jesus, the light of the world. And the shadow can't attack you, the shadow can't have any power or authority over you. But there is a greater presence, the light of the world. God is light. And when we see a shadow, it reminds us that the light of the world is with us. His presence is with us. And the last point, God guides us and he leads us through the valley. We walk through the valley the shadow of death. And it says, I'll fear no evil because you are with me. The rod and staff, they comfort me. Last Sunday night, uh, Ava was, we were on the back deck at Stewie and Kaz's and Ava was out the back running around and got a little bee stuck in her hair. And it was, and I've, I've asked permission, if anyone's wondering, I've asked permission for Ava to, I can share this story. And uh, Ava got sent into quite a panic. She's quite worried, concerned. This bee was not just a oh, daddy bee. I'm talking <laughs> like a crazy craziness, like on the back deck. Uh, I, Rachel went in and managed the situation and got stung on the hand as she pulled the bee out. Quite courageous. I was just making sure Mackenzie was okay in the background. <clears throat> But it didn't matter what we were saying to Ava, we couldn't calm Ava down. <laughs> it actually didn't matter what we said, we were sort of, you know, you're sort of like, it's okay, it's probably just a fly, it's probably just a mosquito, you know, and, and it became everything was a bee after that. These words here aren't just empty promises, empty words. But these words are the reality of the Christian life. That God will never leave us. That no matter what we are facing, what we are dealing with, He is guiding us. That His presence is with us. And when we know that God is with us, we know that the eternal resources that are his are at our disposal.
wisdom, understanding, strength, peace. These are the things made available to you and me in this life when we surrender ourselves to Jesus Christ. At some point in your life, whether it be right now or in 2021 some point or in 2022, you're going to hit the valley. But we can come with confidence and the knowledge of the promises of God. That God doesn't leave us. God knows about this. He's guiding us through this. And we just need to trust him that his presence is always with us. He has a plan and purpose for this experience. He is a God who deeply loves you and cares about you and where you're at right now. Lord God, I thank you that we can come to your word and read it with confidence knowing that it is true for David thousands of years ago is true for us right now here in Monty in 2021. We know this life isn't easy and we are going to face difficult times and we give you thanks and praise for the times when we rest and are in peace and enjoy the comfort of the pastures and the still waters and the restoration of our soul. But Lord, we are mindful that we are going to be guided through a valley at times that are going to be really hard. Through the power of your spirit, help us to stay surrendered to you in the attitude of our daily life. That we would turn to your word to be guided in what we need to do to live a life worthy to you. I pray that uh, you would use these words this morning as a blessing and encouragement and teaching to your people, your sheep. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.